Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We're going to continue our series of podcasts called Shields Up. And the idea behind Shields Up, if you're a first-time listener, is that we seek to combat the devil and his deceptions. This past week, uh, Pastor Mel spoke to us at Wyoming Valley Church about why church. We've been doing this series on the, the church, the importance of it. We're actually calling the series The Church, Our Church understanding what God has designed and understanding where I fit. And so we looked at what church. We talked about what it is, what it is not. This past week, Pastor Mel spoke to us on why church. Why is church so crucial? Why is church God's singular plan to accomplish his will to defeat evil? I have Pastor Mel back with me on this podcast. And I'm going to sort of use this podcast as sort of an interview style because I think that's just going to be the easiest way to do this. But I have a few questions, and I'm going to interject along the way, Pastor Mel, my dad too. Hi, Dad. But I'm going to ask a couple questions to you. Pastor Mel, he's been around longer than I have. He's seen more church than I have. He's a, he's a person who is interested in stats and trends, cultural trends. And he's so he's, you've been around the church long enough to see a lot of things. And I'm sure it has changed and evolved, good or bad, maybe good and bad, over the course of 20, 30, 40 years. So maybe these questions are sort of things that you've observed for a long time, but maybe you can also sort of get the low-hanging fruit for what we're dealing with today. So the questions I have, number one, let's just start right here. Let's get right into it. And I'm, we're going to call this podcast today, Why Invest in the Church? So it's still along the same lines as Why Church, but we're going to go a little deeper into why should I invest in this thing called the church. And the first question I have, and I'm going to use your stats and trends that you've witnessed are church hoppers at an all-time high? And if so, if you believe they are, what deceptions do you think the devil is using to cause that? Yeah, well, hi, everybody. Glad to be involved. And Pastor Todd, thanks for including me today. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, a church hopping, if you know, use that term, probably is at an all-time high. And I think probably it's a reflection of an overall lack of uh, commitment uh, in the church, uh, or I mean, commitment in, in culture, and it's just reflection in the church. I think that's probably true. I think part of it is what um, uh, that's kind of what we're talking about today is uh, Satan's strategy to impact what what God, what Christ is trying to do in the world today, which is His church. So I think part of it is that uh, Satan loves that when when uh, Christ followers do not commit uh, to the church. So I think that is part of it, and so on. And I think. There, there is a cultural trend, which is that culture says it's, it's all about me because I'm worth it. And the Bible talks about that. The Bible tells us that that will happen. You know, in James, the Apostle James says, you have not because you ask not, but then it says you have not because you might consume it on your lust. Hmm. And the truth of it is, consumerism has a grip on culture today. Everything that we do says you deserve this. And so then we go to we, 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 we go to church and it's and, and and over and over and over again it's it's people and, and I'm not trying to be critical or, or or cutting because certainly this applies to me as well. But uh, it, it's like we have the idea that if church isn't exactly the way I want it to be, then that gives me a right to leave and go somewhere else and that we look around because we're consumers and we look around and think, well, I, I've got I don't fit in I've got to do this I've got it's got to be exactly what I want and that's true with music that's true with preaching that's true and and with with the internet there's so many other options and so many other things 
it's not like in Bible times where the church was the church. We have so many options, and I think Satan loves that when we get to have that idea of that church is all about me. It has to be all about Christ and all about his word, and Satan has done that forever, ever since you know, Adam and Eve, and Eve was tempted by, you know, by the by the fruit of the tree of the garden, and, and Satan's strategy was, uh, Eve, this will make you like God. It's all been, that that's Satan's strategy, is, is if it can exalt me, then God, the Christ isn't mm. exalted in our lives. So you would say there's a bunch of justifications out there, so maybe even to the point this doesn't even feel wrong that we're doing this. It seems like this is what you do with things. Yeah, I, I've been at two different Bible colleges, and I've had so many people tell me that, uh, you know, I am not getting fed or I'm not, and, I, and I'm like, whenever the focus is on me, and I think that I, I, I get that, that God's word is, is a top priority and doctrinal truth. and, and or, or is But if that's the issue, but if the issue is I just don't like what you do, mm-hmm. then I think I think that's where uh, God would have us look at, our, look at ourselves instead of other people. So it's possible that we're sort of custom making our church experience and... We do it with other things. You, you brought up music, things like that. I mean, there, there's certain things that we want, and we pick our lifestyle and what we want and things we're interested in, and that's a blurry line with church. It does, because it does, I mean, there are there is a fine line between what's really important, like I should leave over this, right. like this is this is against God's word, and what is just a taste? Yeah. What is just a style that I, I don't really jive with? Right. Um, well, well that? yeah, Pastor Todd, as you know, because you're my kid, that one of the things that I've tried to do as a parent is is to teach my children about biblical convictions. What are those things yeah. that God's word is so clear? I have to take a stand. My my favorite illustration of scripture: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, they they I love the fact that they're all they're, that they all stood together. But when Nebuchadnezzar built a statue and said, "Bow down," they knew the yeah. Bible. They knew yeah. the law. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. No no graven image. They were willing to take a stand for the Bible, mm-hmm. and and I think I think that's what we want. And if it, again, so if it's doctrinal error, if it's something that specifically the Bible talks talks against, then that's conviction level. That's I will not, no matter what level. But if it's just preference, yeah. and I think we've got to judge that, make those decisions in light of Scripture. And that perfectly connects with what you already said, because if it matters to God, that's a reason to leave. If this is so important to God that I'm actually hurting his name, hurting him, then that's exactly. something to really consider. If this is something that pertains to me, that's probably already a wrong foundation because it's not about us. Like you said, this thing is about God. This was instituted by God. This is developed by God. This is sustained by God. He invested his son's blood into it. This really doesn't have, I mean, we do have an involvement in it and it is our family. But the fact that we put sort of our I don't know, our influence, our tastes, our styles into God's church, I think we're already starting bad. I don't think there's any way for that to go good unless we just say, God created this way, and I need to do what God has created. I need to be a part of what God has done. And um, Question four, or question three, and that kind of brings up this question, is how can we buy into God's church, even if it does, even if it means it looks different than we thought or hoped? So, okay, we, we, we go into a church and we get invested in a church and there's a honeymoon period. We like it. We enjoy the people. But there, there are things that rub us the wrong way. Or what do we do if, if God's church, and hopefully we're, we're, we're talking about the ideal situation here. It's a biblical church, but it's not necessarily a hip or mesh with my style church. What do I do if the church seems to line up with scripture, 
it's just different than I hoped or thought. It's not really what I was looking for. How do I, how do I get there in my mind? Yeah, I mean this this may be a, a dumb illustration, but again, I've been I've worked with college students at two different Bible colleges, and and you you talk to kids like like before they get married and everything's everything's as my dad would say hunky dory and everything we love each other and all that kind of stuff and then they get married and and little quirks that were cute in the beginning become irritations and it's like and and i always told young people i said there's there's two things first of all the bible says the bible says that 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 that, you know be not bitter husbands be not bitter against them but i think there's two things and that is number one if there's something in a church that just irritates you and is is hard for you i think i think there's two solutions number one is go to the leadership and talk to them about it and let them let them know there might be something that you don't understand Mm. and that you don't uh appreciate but there might be an intentional reason for Mm. that good one and and i think the other one is just as valid and that is honestly and i'm saying this with a smile on my face and that is if you're easily irritated Mm. it might be you Mm. and it might be something that's not that big a deal Mm. it's just not how you were how you grew up it might not be how you want but it might be intentional uh to attract other people and i think if if christ is our focus and reaching other people with the gospel is our focus then we're then we're then we have to be willing that even though my little my little likes and dislikes, you know, are, are aren't there. Then that's okay. That that I'm I'm going to do this because I'm committed to Christ and His His work in our community. Well, it's like a lot of Scripture brings up that when we come to Christ, we sort of take off ourselves. You know, we sort of take this cloak that we used to wear off and we put on a new cloak. And I, honestly, going into a church, any sort of church, it's going to be that. It's going to be, hey, this isn't really about me. This I, I do have certain styles. I do have certain things that I would like to see as part of a church. But if this is God's he gets to make the rules, and I'm the one that submits to those rules. And I'm going to pl- place myself under leaders who are fallible, who have their own styles and perspectives. But if God chose those people, called those people, and I believe that they are biblically following his model, I have to invest. I have to line up behind Absolutely. Them. Like I, I mentioned Sunday in my message about that, God, you look in the scriptures, and, and there's at least 36 different churches, local churches, and there's six other regions of churches. And you realize none of them are cookie-cutter churches. The church in Ephesus didn't act like the church in Corinth. Mm. The church in Rome didn't act like the church in Jerusalem. They're completely different. And I and I think that's a very good thing. So church may not be, today's church, local church, may not be exactly how you grew up or what you're used to. But that does not mean it's not what God's using right. in that in right. that community or in that area to reach people for Christ and helping people grow uh Toward Christ likeness. Okay, now let's answer. Let's ask this question in a different, a different way. Are there ways to fit into the church if the church that I am a part of doesn't have a program that seems to suit the abilities and gifts that I believe God has given me? What then? How would you answer that? Am I supposed to go to the leadership and sort of ask them to start some program? Am I supposed to just sit on the curb? Are there ways for me to invest if the church? seems to have these things is really important, but I don't think that it suits really what God has designed me for. Would you have an answer to that? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And, and I say that because, uh, to, be, to be real honest with you, uh, we have gone through that personally in our own lives where, where there weren't always opportunities for me yeah. personally or, or my wife to use our, our gifts, the way, the, yeah. Yeah, our skill set, the way I wanted to be used. God gave me other opportunities to do that, uh, and, and I'm very, very thankful for that. But I came to the conclusion personally that, first of all, I am going to commit 
to overarching priorities of what the church is going to do. If that's where I'm convinced that God wants me to be at that church, then I'm going to commit to that church, and I'm not going to be a church hopper. I'm going to commit. And and so, first of all, that that means that I am going to commit to what the church, the programs that the church does or whatever, I'm going to commit to that. And then I think the second one is, is equally as valid and then look for opportunities to use my my gifts, my abilities, my experience, mm-hmm. and so on in, in other ways. Yeah. I, I think, um, again, maybe, maybe one of Satan's big strategies today is to say that I, I, I can't serve unless there's a, a, a program. And I think ministry has got to be that I can get plugged into people. So let's say, you know, that, 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 you know, God, God's given me the gift of mercy or of hospitality or of leadership or of administration or of teaching, that I'm going to look for opportunities to use those gifts, use that skill set in, in other ways. And, and like anybody who knows me knows that, that like mentoring is a big, big deal to me. Yeah. And that is Titus two: older women, older men can mentor, can teach, can exhort younger people. And, and we can do that no matter what, and that is look for somebody that there's, that, that there's a God-given connection and help them grow in the Lord. That, uh, that's, mm. and, and I think, like I define mentoring, I wrote that little book about that, um, and that is mentoring is not a, a, a new program. It's not necessarily a commitment of extra time. It's do what I do, just do it with somebody younger. And the idea is to use life mm-hmm as an opportunity to share the gospel, as an opportunity to share about spiritual things, and then help that person grow and mature uh, in, in Christ. So I think, uh, again, I, I go back to, you know, what Christ, you know, told his disciples. It's not a position. It's not having authority. It's not having a title. It's not, you know, not, not, not being direct. But he said, serve, serve. And I think that's the focus. And that is not, I don't have to have a title. I don't have to have authority. I don't have to have a position. I'm just going to get plugged into people and let God supernaturally then bless the gifts yeah. Yeah. that I had. And that doesn't require a program. In fact, a trend in churches today, which I think is probably a good church, is fewer and fewer scheduled programs, which then gives us an opportunity to commit to the things that they that they do that are priorities. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the church is doing two or three big things. <laughs> They're not doing ten or twelve big things. So you're you're able to still find time to invest in people's lives, even if the church doesn't have a certain program. Yeah. When but I, at the same yeah. time, if, if you'll humor me, you're still investing in what they're exactly doing. Exactly right. You're not saying, okay, listen, I'm built differently. So I do, I'm not able to come to church. I'm not able to invest in the church because, again, it doesn't really suit my gifts. You're saying both can happen. I think both can happen. Yeah, okay. When I first started in ministry, it was a meeting early Sunday morning. It was Sunday school. It was morning service. It was meeting Sunday afternoon. There was a youth group before the evening service. There was an evening service. There was stuff after this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. No wonder awesome. pastors took Mondays off. And it's like we, we don't have that anymore. So... Uh, in my, me and my family, our choice is that we're going to commit. We're going to commit, and that means there's very few things, yeah. if any, that come before church yeah. because the things that the church feels are priority. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's end up on this question because um, I, I want to spin this in a direction of because I, I hate I hate the phrase the devil made me do it, but he is doing a lot to undervalue this church. How can you and I combat the devil's devaluing of commitment? Or we use the term investing. In church, how can how can we fight him? How can we 
how can we change this and flip the script on him to, to see church differently, to not see it as a nuisance, not see it as, as this broken, messy structure that just gets in the way of our lives? How can we flip the script on the devil and go, okay, no, I'm getting behind this. Do you have any answers to that? I don't know about, about answers. I, 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 I thought about a, a few like suggestions from a guy who's been, who has been around the church a long, long time. And that is if we're going to fight Satan's the battle of a lack of commitment on this, and I think that biblically, philosophically, practically, then it's going to take a level of commitment. Yes. And and in in my books, I talk a lot about things like spiritual disciplines, and I'm not the world's most disciplined guy, certainly, but but where it becomes a habit, and where it becomes, we're going to carve out time, and save time in our schedule for church, and and make that a priority. Uh, you know, my ministry, and probably everybody that listens to this will understand this about my ministry, has been been with young people. And everybody, I mean, the, the number one statistic is that is that kids who once were active in church and youth group, when they become adults, they tend to walk away from church and walk away from God. And I'm wondering if one of the reasons for that is because they grew up realizing that any and I know this sounds harsh, but like any anything is more important than church. Mm. Well, you know, the Bible talks about even to families that don't put your family. The Bible uses that Jewish term, of, you know, comes to being hate not as mother and father and brothers and sisters and daughters and sons and, you know, cannot be my disciple. Mm. And I think I, I think it's dangerous when we put our families before the Lord. I think often that's an excuse or we put schedules. I get it, but I think God wants us to commit and I think we fight that by making that practical, biblical choice to say, I'm going to commit to what God says are priorities in his word, and that, that is the church. I'm going to commit mm. to that and make, make that a habit, make that a spiritual discipline in my life for my kids so that they grow up and so that I realize this is important. And I think it comes back to realizing that, hey, I'm doing this for Christ. Yeah. Not It's not a doing mentality, but it's like this is what... Christ wants me to do, so I'm going to do that in my own schedule, my 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 marriage, my family schedule, and I'm going to make that a priority in my life. I think it starts there. I really I do. I think it does, too. I think trusting God's system, because uh, the church often does appear to be falling short of what it should be. I mean, if we're honest, the church doesn't get things perfectly right. But all of God's life is that way. I mean, trials are that way. They don't seem like they're producing what we thought they're going to produce, but God often just says to us, trust, trust the system I've set up. This is my system. I'm the one watching over this. I'm the true shepherd. If my, if my shepherds, my pastors here on earth are dropping the ball or messing up, I'm still watching over this thing. I, it's not going to, it's not going to be totally right. um, something that's going to wreck right. and there's, be a train wreck. There's yet. that old quote that you and I've talked about before, like, Charles Swindoll has said this forever, but I think it goes all the way back to Luther. And that is, if you find a perfect church, don't go to it. You'll, you'll ruin it. I said this a couple times in my message on Sunday. The church is messy because I go to church, because I'm yeah, there, yeah, because yeah. you're there, because people, people are there. Yeah. But it, the church is still God's idea. It's what Christ is using in the world today. And, and I think just practically speaking, practically speaking then, it's worth my commitment. Well, and you, and you alluded to it. I mean, seeing the church and looking at the, the leaders that are that are fallible and broken and seeing the people next to you in the pews that aren't your, well, you wouldn't pick as best friends. I mean, the church, you get what you get. But oftentimes, I think one of the things the devil does is he, he diverts our attention away from Christ and says, 
Look at these people. Look how messed up they are. Look at your leaders. Look how fallible they are. And what we do is we start, we lose sight of what, what's connected to. It's connected to Christ. Yep. I mean, this is this Amen. is a fruit hanging off of his vine. Probably the biggest fruit is the yep. church. Yep. And so if you see it connected to Jesus, you can endure a lot if you're looking at Jesus. Yep. If you're looking at his wounds, if you're remembering his cross, if you remember that he loves the church, that he's backing the church, that he's invested his yep. blood in it. Yeah. You can get behind it. It's like Hebrews 12. Right? We've got to focus in on Jesus. Focus. Fix yes. our eyes. Set our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And that's it's he's, he's our model. He's our model, and our focus has to be Jesus and what he's doing in the world today. And you talked a lot about commitment. Would you go as far to say is without commitment to this thing, there's no way it can work? Well, it, it, without a commitment, it's going to be one more thing that's in our schedule. Okay. okay. And frankly, that Just becomes like a, that yeah. becomes frustrating. That becomes like, oh, I'm too tired. I'm I'm, I'm not feeling well. Or I've got to get homework yeah. done. Or I've got to get my work done for Monday or whatever. It becomes a frustration yeah. without commitment, without it being, no, this is something Priority. that God wants yeah. me to do. Yep. Priority. I hope these are at least things that you can you can explore in your own mind and heart. We we try to have a right tone with this thing and not be divisive or passive aggressive. We want this to just be a way to build up our church uh, across the globe, really. And so I hope you'll have uh, the same thought we do: is how how do we invest in this thing? How do we get behind this thing? How do we back it and buy into it the way God has designed us to? And even maybe change our perspective of how valuable this thing really is. It's not another ingredient in the right. stew pot of our life. It is our life. This, this church thing that we've been called to is God's singular, purposeful plan to mature us in Christ, to defeat the devil, to accomplish his will upon the earth. And I just pray it'd be something that you would consider and talk about and keep having conversations about. And wherever your local church, if you're a person that's listening to our podcast because you're a member of Wyoming Valley Church, then you would invest. But wherever you find yourself in this church, I pray that you would get behind it and see Jesus. Amen. See this as his biggest fruit the thing that he has invested his blood in. And if we remember Jesus, we're going to do a lot of good. So, Pastor Mel, I thank you for your sure. input to this, and I just pray that we would all think about this today for God's sake, for Christ's sake. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.